appreciate that. The Great Commission, Christ's command to the church, Christ's command to us to give the gospel, uh, to uh, make disciples, to train. And I'll not re-preach that whole series I preached, but uh, we understand. I want to I make sure that it is important uh, in our minds. It stays the forefront. And so as the Lord has opened this ministry and put some things together, I'm excited about the opportunity with the Great Commission mission. And as the Lord would have it through some conversations, of course, Brother Tommy Davis, I have to mention to you, uh, has been a member of our church for a long, long time, not years, but decades, and has served in all kinds of capacities. And so we're thankful for his faithfulness, but as the Lord has worked in his heart, and he's felt that the Lord had something else for him to do, uh, then the Lord just put this all together. And so as I've been mentioning to you, I want you to pray for him. Uh, he's going to be traveling. He's already got meetings booked to other uh, churches to come in and present the Great Commission mission. Hey, I was I was back in, in the end of July, I was preaching in Kentucky, and a pastor friend of mine, Brother Paul Hill, I'll be preaching for him in January, I was telling him about all the Lord's doing with the aviation and the open doors and uh, helping these national men all over, and he made this, it made the statement just in passing, and it just wouldn't leave my mind, he, he, this is what he says, that we have tens of thousands of Christians to rally around this. And so I believe this is a worthy enough cause for us to try and get tens of thousands of Christians to rally around this. Uh, if the Lord impressed upon somebody to give their life to this, I would praise the Lord for that. Somebody impressed upon somebody who had a lot of means to give to it, I would praise the Lord for that. But I think it would be a wonderful thing if tens of thousands of Christians would rally around this, uh, not just supporting it financially, but in prayer. Uh, God, can, God can do anything that prayer can do. Uh, God can open doors. Um, as, I, as, I, as I showed you a little glimpse of uh, how the Bartleys go through Bruceville, which was shantytown, and it's a rough area. Even the police won't go in there. I mean, it's, it's run by uh, gangs, literally. And he's just walking through like he owns the place. And uh, there's, there's, time, there's been things, as you can imagine, that take place in that area. And he or his wife made the statement, yeah, we just know God will protect us. And that's certainly true. The point I'm making is, boy, we need to make sure that we're praying for one another, for God to open doors, for God to, to, to uh, protect. And so we want a lot of people uh, to be interested in this, engaged in this, as we get uh, help get the gospel, get training uh, to other places. And this is something we've got to be reminded of. Uh, things our teenagers are trained in by seventh grade, these Christians who are attending churches, many of them on these other countries, have it's foreign to them. Basic training that we have, they're not privileged to, and that's basically what we're wanting to do is bridge that gap to accelerate what God is doing, accelerate the Great Commission so that we can make a difference in this these last days, if you will. And so I've asked Brother Davison to come, and I'll let him come at this time. And uh, I figure if he's going to go make his presentations at other places, we ought to let him make it to us. Uh, and so you give him your attention, but Davidson, you come on up, and, uh, you, and if you ask me, say, what is he going to say? I, I don't know what he's going to say, but I'm, I'm hoping it's what we've talked about. So uh, you pray for him, Brother Davidson, come on. All right, so a lot of you have uh, come to me this week and um, said to me, uh, I'm praying for you. I know you're doing a great job, and, and I said to somebody, I wasn't nervous until everybody went, came around and told me that. So... <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure we'll do fine. So we've got the slide up here. So we're going to start out today uh, talking about, and I appreciate everybody in the church, and I know we are a great church, and I, I know that. 
we talk about the Great Commission. It's a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church. I want to change that slide for me. Uh, ministry of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And we're a local New Testament church. As y'all all know that, but as I go out and speak, I've got to let everybody know that. And, of course, our pastor is Greg Neal. Um, also on here, uh, we've got the uh, Great Commission. Okay. The slide is not. We back one more. Make sure we get them in order. I won't worry about slides too much, I guess. All right, so uh, we, if you want to find out about it, it's at thegreatcommission.com. So all the information I'm going to cover tonight, you can find it on the website. But a lot of people don't even know about the website yet, so I want you to go to that. First of all, we'll go to Matthew, Matthew 28. So it's the same uh, verse that pastors have been using as we've gone through that. It's Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And it says, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father and Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded ye, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the world. We all know that. Preachers or pastors given us that. And we know that our duty as a Christian is to win the lost. We're supposed to be witnesses for Jesus Christ and tell what he's done for us. And then as we've won him to Christ, we're supposed to be baptized. And then from there, we're supposed to be trained. Okay? So that is the Great Commission, and everybody's heard that. As I go to every church, everybody's heard of the Great Commission. Acts 1.8. You might want to turn to that. I think that will help us. 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is coming to you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. So that is the Great Commission. We're supposed to be going to all those. And Jacksonville is our Jerusalem. So we know that. But there is an urgency. Pastors talked about this before. There's a lot of things I'm going to say today. You've heard pastors say. So I'm going to repeat them because other churches will not have heard it, but you've heard it. The urgency. When I think about the uh, urgency of the thing, it's the condition of our society. If I were to ask anybody, virtually anybody in here, has society changed greatly in the last 10 years, y'all would all say, it's definitely changed for worse. Men don't know they're men. Women don't know they're women. And hey, you got to figure out which pronoun you're using, right? That's what they expect you to do. And they also expect there is no sanctity of life. So we're concerned about that. I know I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about it for my grandkids. I can't even imagine what the world's going to become for my grandkids. Second of all, I want to say the condition of our, our world. We know that Israel is God's chosen people. It's just not the United States of America. It is. It's Israel, right? So, and what things are happening in the world right now in Israel makes me think hard about how much longer God's going to put off calling us back. I think a lot of us already would agree with that. And then so we consider that because of that, Christ's return is imminent. So I think there should be an urgency in what we're trying to accomplish. We, we believe it's going to happen soon. I believe it. I'm not sure it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I can see it in these men here on the platform. It could happen in their lifetime. It might happen. It could happen tonight. God bless it if it happens tonight before we go home, but it may not. So there is an urgency to that. 
And so what we want to do is accelerate our efforts. We're trying to move forward as a church, as a congregation, uh, to move forward. I know that uh, all of us are going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And when we get there, are we going to have anything to present to the Lord? Are, have you, are you prepared? Are you prepared to present anything to the Lord? Have you given? Have you done what you can? All right, so I'm going to go to the goals of the Great Commission. And there's four of those. And pastors talked about them. Our goal is to train thousands of soul winners. Think about that, thousands of soul winners. Start hundreds of churches. Now, this isn't hyperbole, okay? This is, this is our true goal. This is what we're trying to do. It's involved, uh, direct involvement with thousands of Christians in the United States and other countries. Okay. Now, as we think of missions, most people think of uh, faith promise. They've given the faith promise, and they give dutifully. I've been given the faith promise for over 30 years. So I believe in faith promise, as I'm sure you do, as we've given to send other people. But this is more than that. This is your direct investment in missions, okay? Not monetarily, but your time and effort. We're trying to get thousands of people to be more involved in missions, okay? Some of them be going on the mission field. We're going to talk about some of the things that they potentially could do. And then we want to challenge individuals, as pastors talked about, to complete all aspects of the Great Commission. That means win somebody, get them in church, teach them so they can win somebody. Because that's the whole Great Commission, right? We're supposed to win somebody, baptize them, teach them so they can win others. There's a song that came to mind, so I've asked them to play it. I just want to play about a minute of it. And I want you to think while they're playing that, what God's put before our church. He's asked us to train thousands of soul winners. He's asked us to start hundreds of churches. So you got that queued up for me? So that reminds me of where we're at. When I go to you and I went to any of you and I said, we're talking about training a thousand soul winners. Some of us can't fathom that. We can't fathom do, uh, starting hundreds of churches. Next thing I want to say is a lot of times uh, when missionaries go out, we're, we're a little unique. We have a unique approach to it. 
when most missionaries come to a church and they're talking about it, they're talking about bringing their family only, okay? They, a husband and a wife, and they're, and they're talking about the country you're going to. We're not talking about specific countries. We're talking about continents, okay? We're not talking about a country. We're talking about continents. So you don't need one person to do that. You need a team. So pastor has selected several people. Each one of these men have unique abilities, okay? Each one of them been called. Each one of them said, hey, Lord, send me to some extent. Hey, I'm willing to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. Uh, pastor has selected uh, Brother Cruz. He's our missions director. Brother Peyton, he's our uh, aviation and also our Spanish ministry. He selected me, and I'll get into why I think that is. Uh, he's asked Brother Nathan King, Brother Ross Patrick, and David Bassler. Brother Bassler has experience in um, being a church planner. And I didn't know that about Brother Bassler. And I've been, set, been sitting behind him for quite a while now. And as I got to know Brother Bassler better, then I realized everybody comes to the table with a unique ability. So we have a team of men who are trying to accomplish our goal, okay? Not just one family. And what makes our uh, ministry different also is we've already started this work. We're not waiting for deputation. We're already on the mission field. We're already doing it. We're by faith. Pastor saying, hey, we're going ahead. We're already going to the Caribbean. We're doing it all our church, okay? Now we're going to ask other people to help us. We're going to get them involved. And lastly, again, I want to say we're in multiple mission fields already. So we're going to talk about some of those mission fields in a minute. So I want to talk about God's perfect timing. And I, I guess that's about my life. You know, everybody has a perfect timing. Um, my family and I came to the church in 1989. That's 33, give or take, 33 years ago. Um, just my, my wife and I and Stephanie and Heather was born shortly thereafter. So she, she wasn't even alive when we got there. Uh, and then in 1991, uh, we had a missions conference. Uh, I think a lot of you probably remember Brother Don Sisk. I think you may remember him. And uh, he had in the missions conference. And I went forward at that time. God called me. He says, be full-time ministry and so I wrote that in my Bible full-time ministry and I went to preacher at time and preachers and I talked about it we had some conversation says uh, brother Davidson Bill Tom uh, Tommy I don't believe you're supposed to be on the mission field so but I felt like I'm supposed to be called you know but I'm a layman in the church and I'm fine with that so for the next 30 something years the Lord has allowed me to be a layman in the church. Been in the bus ministry for over 20 years. I don't think I can't think about how many sermons I've preached on a bus. Okay, I've preached a lot on a bus. Preached in uh, nursing homes. I've preached in the rescue mission. Uh, Brother uh, Triplett was with me. He used to lead singing. I'd preach in the nursing homes. Uh, and so we would do this thing. I was Sunday school teacher and been a deacon. So I've been all those things. And then in my um, secular career I helped finance churches I went around spoke to churches for five years helped them through bond issues I was securities licensed 
So God's using that unique thing. And then another life event occurred to me in uh, August of 2021. My wife was called on to heaven, okay? We'd been married 41 years, but she'd run her race. And the Lord said, it's his time. So, and then in uh, the uh, fall of 2021, we started talking about Operation Light. Uh, I think probably y'all remember that's one of the first real missions efforts we had outside of our own church. You know, sending missionaries, but our church was involved in Operation Light. And I remember how excited I was about that. A lot of my career has been as a businessman. So as a businessman, I saw the great opportunity because when I hear that you can send, you can support eight national pastors for basically where we can send a missionary, I see how great missions could be for the same amount of money. So that really came to me. And then in spring of last year, God came to me as I was sitting over there and spoke to me and said, you're supposed to help fund missions. Well, I'm looking at my checking account thinking, we're not getting very far. Okay, we're, we're not getting very far. But he called me specifically. This, so in my opinion, it's the second time that the Lord called me to do a work for him. He says, hey, I need you to help raise funding for Operation Light. Of course, I went to my pastor and got counsel. And we had multiple meetings about this. The Lord, we felt like the Lord was in it, but we weren't sure about the timing on it. Okay, Brother Davis, I don't thank you going out and talking to churches about Operation Light. We just don't feel like there's, we're going to have any traction there, as it were. But at that same time, very shortly thereafter, a pastor said, uh, would you mind helping me on the Amanda Ranch? And I said, sure, I'll be glad to help you on the Amanda Ranch. She, we were just starting the concept of he knew we, that we were going to buy the ranch or we were going to get the ranch uh, and that, hey, would you help raise some funds for that? And I said, sure. So I participated in that for a while. And uh, I probably I gave more than I raised money. Okay, uh, in other words, not a very good fundraiser for the Amanda Ranch. I'll, I'll give uh, kudos to Trish. She's doing a great job, okay? Um, but then what happened is pastor starting in the spring of this year a series of message on the Great Commission. Now, that uh, series of missions lasts 29 weeks, and, of course, it's come in a book form, Greatly Commissioned. Now, if you don't have this book as your friend, I'm advising you that you purchase it. I'm not trying to sell pastor's book. I'm telling you, if you'll read this book, it'll change your life. Okay? It's great. great. So I've asked them when we go to have pie to have some of them available. If you haven't purchased them, seriously consider. I'm telling you as your friend because I've known a lot of you 30 years. All right, so I want you to consider that. Okay, then what does, what does the Lord do? He calls me again. For a week or so, he wouldn't let me sleep at night. For a whole week, I tossed and turned in the bed. I couldn't get peace, okay? I could eat, okay? I wasn't bad enough I can't eat, <laughs> but I couldn't sleep, okay? I couldn't sleep. So I started writing down notes about how I could help in funding missions through the Great Commission. So after I get this written out, 
asked, Pastor, can, can we sit down? I need to sit down with you again. I need to have another meeting. So pastor said, sure. And I, I came in and I met with pastor. And I, the first thing I said to him, and I says, I'm not here about the Amanda Ranch. And he says, I know that. Lord already spoke to him about it. And I started telling him what the Lord had put in my heart about the Great Commission and funding. Great Commission, the Lord's called me. I'm supposed to be funding this. I'm supposed to be asking for money for the Great Commission. And he said to me, Brother Davison, he probably said Tom or Tommy. And he says, I have a set, I have a folder with virtually everything you just told me written down. He says this is an affirmation to me. He said, all, God's already put this all in my heart. He says, I was looking for a man, for God to send a man to help me. He's many times said, God will send the man to help you when he puts it in his heart. So I believe the Lord has asked me to do that. And then so um, it was an affirmation to him. So in my opinion, God's timing's been perfect. It's taken, in my idea, 30-something years to get me where he wants me. Now, I don't know where he wants to carry me. But in God, in my opinion, God's had perfect timing. So we're going to look at the mission fields we're in. A lot of you already know these missions fill. The first one is Impact Jacks. So these, I've got eight different things listed down here, and I think they're up on the board here, Impact Jacks, and we know that's what we're doing here. That's our Jerusalem. That is Jacksonville, Florida. There's over a million people. And I got to thinking about, I said, well, how long is it going to take us to get that? And then I uh, think I looked it up. We have about 350,000 households in Jacksonville. That's a lot of households. And on the average Saturday morning, we have about 60 soul winners. If you're paired up, that's 30 people. And I calculated just for us to knock on every door one time, and a lot of them don't answer, 11 years. That's a big goal. But God can help us. God can help us reach Jacksonville because that's what he's called us to do. We're supposed to reach our Jerusalem. Next one I have is a, a Navajo Nation. Now that we have property, the Amanda Ranch, there's a greater opportunity for us to take mission trips. You say, why is that important? A lot of people say they want to go to mission trips, but they don't want to go overseas. We have an opportunity to offer mission trips now to a domestic location. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm sure a lot of you, before it's over, will make it out to the Amanda Ranch. Next thing is church planning revivals. Okay, we already are supporting some church planners, uh, uh, South Dakota, we have uh, Arizona, and of course there's, there's some other ones, of course, uh, Brother Ruckman, I think of, there's a lot of missionaries who are church planners. We have a desire, as we talked about, plant hundreds of churches, that's a lot of churches, but these revivals are an opportunity for us to go out and start a church. I know at some point we talked about starting one in Kings Bay. You said, well, how does this affect me, Brother Davidson? Let's just say, for instance, we, needed, uh, to, we had planned to start a church in Kings Bay. We need a group of people that's going to go up there and knock on some doors for a while and help that young man to start a church. I think God, uh, Pastor knows this, and I, I feel confident, there's going to be many 
young men and families called of our church to start other churches. I believe that's coming in the coming years. I believe you can anticipate through our church, but even if not, if there's a person planting churches, I believe our ministry, this ministry, is going to be an assistance to them where it's offering them uh, uh, material. We're doing that through uh, Berean Publications. We're going to be planting uh, Bibles and tracts and so forth. So we're going to be using that. Next thing I have to have down is Operation Light. Um, there's more than Brother Ruckman. Let me just say that to you. I appreciate Brother Ruckman and all that he does with his brother Shoemaker, uh, brother Dongampo. All these men are already planting churches in Africa. We've been a part of that, and we want to be a bigger part of it. We've already helped them uh, build some buildings, buy some land. We've helped, uh, we're helped supporting, I think, uh, three or four national pastors. I believe in Africa, we alone may help start a, a hundred churches. And Africa alone, I believe that's a goal. Then, of course, the door pastor brought about the effectual opening of the Caribbean today. I was very excited about that presentation. I don't know if you were, but it, it revved my motor, for lack of a better word. I was very excited of what I believe God is doing there and how God brought that about. But there's other places that we're going to go that's not listed on the sheet. As I've already been speaking to pastors at our conference, uh, a man who had, he said, are you in Asia yet? And I said, well, if God opens that door, we'll be in Asia. And he says, I was a missionary there, and now I've been back in the States. I'm planning going back to Asia. So I think it's just a matter of time. These few things we have listed here are just the beginning of what God's going to do with us. I really think that. Reaching Spanish nations, we're talking about uh, Ecuador. And we, Pastor was talking about today, the other country, the little three African countries, Guyana. God's going to open that door. I believe we'll have more opportunities than we know what to do with. I really do. I believe that God's going to give those opportunities to us to reach those company, countries. And two, two countries specifically, we've talked about reaching gospel outposts. We, we consider Jacksonville a, a gospel outpost. But in the Caribbean, we're already starting to look for land in the Caribbean. We're going to be looking for land in um, South America, in Ecuador. And then those locations, say, what's that for, Brother Dave? So why do we need land? That is, we're going to have a place where we can put printed materials, Bibles, tracts to supply these people. Also, some minimal housing. As we go down, they will have a place to stay as we go out and work in these countries. So pray for that. Then our aviation ministry, of course, the purpose of the aviation ministry is to move people and materials. And, of course, uh, God gave us a 737. And, of course, I recently missed somebody who's not in our church. He said, why don't you sell it? And I thought, and I said, well, we may one day. But right now, God's given it to us. And he said, why do you think God gave us a 737? I believe God gave us the 737 because we've went out by faith to this point. And he says, I want to show you how much I want to use you. You say, do we know how we're going to use that 737 yet fully? The answer is no. Do I believe God is going to fully use it? Yes, I really do. 
I believe he's, he's going to help us to use that 737 as we take mission trips. Because I went out and talked to a few pastors already, and I explained to them the concept of, we, hey, we want some of their church members to participate in this. We want them to get off, off the pew. We don't want them to be a couch potato anymore. We don't want to be a pew potato anymore either. We want them to come help us. So we're going to involve people from other churches in our missions efforts. And then lastly, uh, the Great Commission conferences. You heard Pastor say, we already had three scheduled. He's already lined up a couple more. His schedule will soon be full for this year. It's going to happen very quickly as he goes there. And as he goes, the purpose of that is to remember those thousand people, those thousand soul winners we're supposed to train. We're going there for these conferences in the process of training soul winners. And you say, because they don't have the same, they've not received the same training that you have. You say it's in the Bible. Well, yes, it is. But they still need other materials to encourage them, to train them better, to be better soul winners, and help them you do the Great Commission one time. Just like we've challenged our church, our pastors challenged our church, we're challenging them to make sure they get through the Great Commission one time. All right, the last thing I want to cover this evening is we're looking for partners. And as you've looked at the brochure, it's talked about the accelerator. There's uh, three things listed in there as far as the accelerator. First, it's prayer. If you read Pastor's book, you would know that's one of the most important things we do. Without prayer, we just didn't sit on the pew, okay? We're not going to accomplish anything. If we don't have the Lord going before us, it's like soul winning. If you don't have the Lord going before you and preparing the way, your efforts are not going to go very far. We need the Lord to do that. So we need prayer. In the, I know we're getting ready to go eat pie, and I'm holding everybody up. Uh, but there's a place to sign up for a newsletter. You say, well, Brother Davidson, I'm already going to sign out. As a, we want everybody to sign up. Now, just looking for an email and a name this evening. We're going to send you a monthly newsletter. You say, what's that going to do? It's going to give you a prayer list. It's going to give you some updates. Do we say, well, Brother Davidson, can I find on your website? That's correct. But a lot of you don't use email. Some of, the, some of, the, some of my older uh, compadres uh, are, are, yeah, yeah, Brother Howard there. Uh, we, you know, hey, we're not really into that. So I understand the newer set and, and uh, social media uh, and I've become a fan of that in the last six months. Prior to that, I thought it was a waste of my time. But I've come to learn that there can be a great benefit there. But, of course, there's uh, great things you have to be concerned about. All right. Then participation. I'm looking for you to participate. We're going to give you opportunities to participate with being missions trips. Yes, we need help winning Jacksonville to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got over a million people to reach. We can't do it with just what we got here. I'm, I'm asking you to partner with us, okay, financially partnering. So uh, partnering is $10 a month. And if you have one of those cards and we'd like you to be a help to us, we need financial help. Now, I realize it's just a small portion, okay, small portion of what we need. Pastor's going to talk about that tonight, what, are, are, what my goal is for the year. And I'll ask you to pray about it. But only if you're praying about more than ten dollars. If you're praying, if you're doing ten dollars, you don't need prayer. You just sign up and, and you'll be fine. 
But if you're going to pray about it, pray for more than $10. See what the Holy Spirit will allow you to do. Last thing I'm going to say to you is, I'm also, which is not in the brochure, I'm looking for prospects. And you say, what's that, Brother Dustin? I believe 80% of the money that we're going to need for this ministry is not going to come in through $10 a month. Now, we need a lot of $10 a month, and I'm going to talk to a lot of people as I go to a lot of churches, ask them for $10. Some people give more than $10 a month. But I believe 80% of that money will come from people who will give $1,000 or more. You say, well, Brother Davidson, that's not me. Pray about that. That's fine. If you don't have the money, I'm not asking you to give $1,000. But I'm thinking, what I'm looking for is maybe you have a relative or a friend or anybody that you know that has the ability to give greatly to missions, okay? All I'm asking you to do is would you give me a name and a contact, any kind of contact, whether it be an email, phone, name. I don't care where they're at in the United States. If you give me one for Washington, D.C., sometime this year I'm going to try to make to Washington, D.C., or Washington State, I'm going to contact them. You say, well, Brother Davidson, you're going to contact people you don't never met them before? The answer is yes. If you give me their name and you believe them to be a Christian and you believe they have the ability to help our ministry, I'm willing to ask them. I'm willing to go out and say people I've never known and ask for money. God will give me that boldness. I'll have no problem doing that. If you'll give me that contact information, the money that we need is out there. It's a matter of our willing to give and then to ask and pray for it. So tonight, the Accelerate card, if you're ready to give this evening, uh, we're, I think we're going to take that up in our offering. Uh, also, we're going to have uh, Mrs. Bachelor is going to be available over in the tent as y'all are waiting for pie. If you'd like to sign up, she can help you. We can do it through the website. You don't have to do it. Uh, someone else asked me, can we give it through our tithing offer, uh, envelope? I said, any way you want to give it, okay? Anything you want to give. I told Brother Mike, I said, if you have an old car, you have a horse, we don't care how you give it to us. We just, we're going to take it. We're going to take anything you're willing to give us. We'll find a place for it. So prayerfully, I'll ask you to pray for me as I go out. Someone, uh, several people ask me, when's your first meeting outside our church? I'm going to Brother Marty Medford's December 10th, uh, and I haven't called that many churches, but several uh, pastors I spoke to during our conference have already said, hey, call me, you know, I'll have you in. So I'm not concerned about it at all. I'll fill up my calendar. Some, uh, somebody said, how long are you going to be out? As long as it takes, okay? Most people go on deputation, and they're trying to raise funds, to get to the mission field. I'm trying to raise funds so that everybody, everything that we're trying to do will keep coming in. So when are you going to quit? When my health gives out. When my health gives out and I can't do it anymore, that's when I'm going to stop. Okay? I believe God's called me to do it. I have no problem doing it. I'm going to try to meet as many people and, and have as many conversations as I can. If somebody's willing to listen, I'll talk to them. So that's 4F.
Thank you for your time, and I hope you will consider supporting our efforts. That was good. Y'all need to pray for Brother Tommy. A few few uh, uh, thoughts there. Certainly pray for him as he goes out. Yeah, he set a big goal to help raise a lot of money to do this, and uh, we're going. We're reorganizing a lot of our missions efforts to fit inside of this, uh, and so uh, really we're trying to. There are people out there. Uh, who are not involved in missions, we want to find a way to get them involved in missions. And when, when we do these conferences, when part of, his, part of what he's going to do, part of what I'll do with these conferences, is we want to get people excited about being part of the Great Commission and uh, encourage people there, not just to give financially, but there where you are in your church, um, you get involved in the Great Commission. For too long, we have outsourced God's command. Uh, somebody's willing to go to another country, okay, you go do that, and we'll just sit here and look at the condition of our country. And uh, so we want to get everyone involved. Uh, a few a few uh, uh, other comments on that. Uh, I want you to go to greatcommissionmission.com. It's on your uh, information there. And uh, check out the website. It's very extensive. This is a very big vision. This is a very large vision. Uh, this is not something uh, that I can do. This is not something that he can do. This is not even something we can do. It's only something God can do. Uh, but he needs us to, by faith, step out and do it. And God is already opening doors, as I've, 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 I've spoken uh, about. Uh, a couple of things that he said I, I have to point out. Um, you know, he, he was, Brother Tommy was willing, and you've known Brother Tommy for years, uh, he was willing to wait God put something in his heart decades ago, and he was willing to listen to the counsel of his pastor and wait on God's timing. He could have said, no, God's called me. I'm God's man, and I'm going to go. And he could have forced it, and could he have found some place to serve? Absolutely. But now God's enabling him to have a part in reaching the world, not just the country. And I think it's worthy uh, of, of uh, his support and worthy to uh, help him with that. Um, you, he's doing all this by faith. Uh, he is not on church payroll. He hasn't asked to be on church payroll. He's doing all this by faith, trusting the Lord uh, to meet his needs. So pray for him. Uh, and we want, to be, we, want, we want to help him with that. I want you to think with me just for a moment. Um, as the Lord keeps opening these doors, um, what the Lord is doing for our church um, there's babies in the nursery over there. They have an opportunity one day to go to Berean Christian Academy. They're in our Sunday school program, our children's program. They're in our youth program. Uh, they go to North Florida Baptist College. They get trained in North Florida Baptist College. And then when they get through North Florida Baptist College, or even young couples and middle-aged couples that God brings here, Look at the opportunity, not just here, but around the world, that they have an opportunity to just jump right into and use their life. The greatest thing you and I can use our life for is to further the furtherance of the gospel. And God is making some great, great ways for us. Uh, the accelerator card, if you want to be a part of that, you can put it with your extra giving and just say, just for the Great Commission mission with your normal tithes, and that will be separated or you can go on the website and you can sign up. You don't have to fill out your information on this card. You can. We'll collect these at the end. Uh, but I want to put the offering at the end so that we have plenty of time to do this. And so uh, you be thinking about that, processing that. And with that, those of you that are singing, stay right where you're at. And turn. everybody turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 again.
It is 6.53. We will be done just a couple minutes after 7. I told you this morning that this was, that was the shortest message you would ever hear me preach. Little did I know this would be the shortest message <laughs> you would ever hear me preach. But I think today has been worthy of us adjusting and looking at what God, the door that God has opened for us. And there's a lot of questions. There's a big vision. What is God going to do? Go to that website, greatcommissionmission.com, and um, um, check it out. It's ex- I go through it, and that's exciting to see uh, the vision. Uh, I'm glad that he, I didn't ask him to, but I'm glad that he mentioned my book. I get some kind of awkward sometimes uh, when I mention my book. Uh, but when I, the Lord's opened doors for me to go preach, my books are in demand. Uh, you don't know how spoiled you are, but uh, uh, God is using those. And we're going to fund, the, the, the part of how we're going to fund this is through getting people to purchase books so that I can take. I'm scheduled to go back to St. Lucia. I'm scheduled to go, we're scheduled to go to Ecuador. And, and part of what we want to do is we have this material already in printed form. I, I don't, I don't, I want to let others be involved in purchasing these materials so on that website, you can go and you can purchase a half a case. Or, and what he's talking about with names, you know somebody, uh, not everybody's involved in a church like us, somebody who is interested in missions and has the means, he'll go talk to them to try and get them to uh, support one of these mission trips, to make one of these conferences available so it doesn't all come out of our church's pocket, out of my pocket, so that we can do these things and get further and further. Does that make sense? And so uh, we want to try and get as many people involved. If God opens this door for us, I want to try and get as many people involved that walk through it with us uh, so that we can lead the way on that. And as the questions come up, ask. First Corinthians 16, I'll read the same verse that I read this morning, preached from this morning, verse 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now I'm going to very, very quickly review what I preached this morning, then I want to talk about the adversaries as a result of the open door. And I think when I mentioned that some adversaries are not, they're not going to be what you, 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 that first comes to mind. Remember this morning when I said the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the churches at Corinth. They were expecting him. He was their encouragement. He was their strength. He was their security. He said, I'm not coming to you right now because God's got a great open door and effectual. It's the one that he's opened unto me. So I'm going to stay here in Ephesus so that I can walk through this door in essence. When I do come, I'll spend some time with you, but I can't come now. He was sensitive to the fact that God, even though he had plans of ministry, along the way God opened a door that he was not expecting. If you were in, in here this morning, you remember what I was talking You remember this this morning. And so that door is opportunity. When God put all of us on the planet, he knew all of us would be together. He knew the doors that he would open so that we as a church could do them for him. This, mention, I, this morning, I, remember, I mentioned the open door resulted as a pause in ministry. Sometimes we are pausing. Sometimes you pause for 30 years waiting on that door for God to open for you. But when he opens the door, there's no doubt uh, that he opens that door. The open door is presented by God. God opens the door. Sometimes you and I, we can, we can turn the knob and try and get it open, but God's the one that opens the door. The open door was productive in effect. If there's an open door, there's an effect that God wants to produce. Um, there, there, it's a humbling thing, and I, and I say this with all humility, to go to a place like I went to a couple of weeks ago and be able to help in the way that I feel like I was a help. 
I feel like I was a real help, a real encouragement, a real challenge. I believe that God did a great work. It's a humbling thing. And there's an effect behind this. I say, well, yeah, I mentioned this this morning. Was a, I remember number four, the open door is particular in its purpose. Um, the aviation is, well, nobody, nobody's doing that. That doesn't mean God didn't open that door. Uh, the Emmanuel, God opened that door. The Great Commission mission, God's opening this door. Uh, the, the opportunity on these different continents, God's opening this door. Why is anybody else doing it? I don't know. I just know there's some doors that God has opened for us. And with that, I want to speak very, very quickly on the adversary as a result of the open door. The open door that God presents provides an opportunity but also attracts enemies or adversaries. Are you still with me tonight? The open door has an effect. It's effectual. The effectual open door is effective because it is the power of God that has opened it. It attracts enemies because the open door requires the presence of God. God's enemies are attracted to his presence. So therefore, if his presence is in your home, it's going to attract the enemies to your home. If God's presence is in the church where it should be, it's going to attract the adversaries of God's presence to the church. If God's presence is at an open door, which it is, it's going to attract his adversaries to the open door. It's not fun when you face the adversaries God has. It's not enjoyable. We don't like to think of that all the time. But at, all, at the same time, there's security in that. I have grown in my life in ministry. I used to feel very insecure when God's adversaries came to pay me a visit. I felt very insecure. I feel secure in this respect now because I know it's God's presence is there that stirs up the adversary. It's when the adversaries get stirred up, it's like you're right over target. This is a door that God has opened. Closed doors, the, the, the enemy is not looking for closed doors but open ones. Closed doors serve as no threat, but when the closed door is suddenly open, it gets the attention of the one God opens the door for, but also gets the attention of the enemy. There is an open door, like I talked about in the Caribbean this morning, there's an open door there, and it has my attention. It should have us as a church, but it's also got the devil's attention, I promise you that, because he's also looking for open doors. If, if we are not careful, please don't miss this, if we, can if we can misunderstand resistance by the enemy and assume God has closed a door, well, if it's God's will, why is there opposition? It must not be God's will since there has been obstacles. When God opens a door, he just expects us to walk through it. He may require us to work through difficulty, but the door is open. God says, I open the door, no man can open it's up to you to walk through it. When facing the adversaries, we must remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You must remember, lo, I am with you always. When God opens a door, it is an effective door. It's going to be a door that we should walk through. Now, very, very quickly, let me just mention three, not four, three adversaries that I want us to think about. There could be many more, but three this evening, adversaries as a result of the open door. And I'll go through, I'll go through them very quickly. Number one is enemies of the gospel. An enemy of the gospel does not like an open door for the gospel to be presented. There's going to be opposition by the enemies of the gospel. This is as an effort to get, every, to get the thousands of Christians rallied around the Great Commission. It is not an effort to get everybody who even uses the name of God together. Because we are not going to align with enemies of the gospel. 
the enemies of the gospel are in opposition to the open door. So number one, there's going to be an adversary of the enemy of the gospel. We must preach the gospel as it is. It's a resurrected Savior. He is the gospel. So there's going to be enemies of the gospel. Number two, there's going to be critics of ministry. I'll mention just verse number 10. You can look at it later. Uh, Paul assures, now when Timothy comes, uh, see that he may be with you without fear. Now, he's coming in my stead. You're expecting me, but he's coming. Here comes this younger man. He's not the apostle Paul. Don't give him a hard time. Don't criticize him. Let him serve without fear of him not being accepted, not be a fear of, of not being heard. Let him serve. Why we're saying, don't you that are critics, don't be critics. Now there's going to be critics of ministry. If if it was you've heard the saying, if if it was easy, everybody be doing it. And it's it's it, there are things that God will open the door for you as an individual to be involved in, and for us as a church, there's always going to be critics of ministry. I'm so thankful that years ago I I decided not to take a poll of the brethren about what this church should do. Take a poll from the brethren about what ministries that we should go in. And I'm thankful for my preacher friends who encourage me in these endeavors. It's like Brother Hawkman's like, when are we going in that plane? When are we taking a spin around the world? I was like, bro, that's not how that works. I'm just, I just, uh, uh, we're, 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 that's not the way. And I, in driving by, that, that I mentioned this morning, driving by that airport in St. Lucia, the preachers that were with me, it's like, one day, Pastor Neil, we're going to see that there. We're going to see it there. I appreciate that. But whether we have that or not, uh, is this going to work? Well, God, I think God's in it, so yes, it's going to work. But there's always going to be critics of ministry. Let's make up our mind that you and I, that we don't fall in that category of a critic of ministry. Paul says it's an effectual door unto me. He didn't open it for everybody else. He opened it for Paul because he had a specific ministry for Paul to do. The doors he's opened for us, he hasn't opened for everybody else. So not everybody's going to understand. I didn't get into ministry for everybody to understand. I got in it because it's what God wanted me to do. It's a, it's a worthy endeavor to use with our life. Then number three, this one's going to sting a little bit. And I'm doing it because I'm going to, I'm going to soothe it with pie in just a moment. Stubborn saints. We've never done missions like this before. We've never had endeavors like this before. Well, maybe this door's never been opened before. If we're not careful, this world has changed. Truth has never changed. God's word never changes. In the same way I preach here is the same way I have preached in every country that the Lord's given me the opportunity. The message does not change. But the world has changed, and it is getting smaller from the fact that you can go anywhere in the world. You can get the gospel just about anywhere through technology, the way you can travel today. If we do not adapt to that, we are missing a great opportunity that God has given this generation. I liken it to when the telephone wasn't invented. We've never, we've never called people on the phone before. Or we've never used this before. It was not evil. You don't change the message for society, but you ought to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. It's a unique door. We as God's people cannot be stubborn in the fact that when God opens a door, He's never opened before. That we don't have this mindset, well, we've, I've been here for 30 years. And, and sometimes I can see the looks on people say, well, well, well Pastor, are you sure you, that you're okay? Well, yeah, I'm fine. 
you sure you know what you're doing? No, but I still think this is what we're supposed to do. Uh, because Let's not be stubborn and realize that God knows what he wants us to do. And if he opens a door, what are we supposed to do? We're just supposed to go through it. And let's not have the mindset, and I'm very aware of this, and I've been through this before. When I became the pastor over 10 years ago, there are some things, I didn't go through and make wholesale changes, but there are some things that I adjusted and changed. Same truth, same doctrine, same book, same services. I recently, I waited 10 years before I even, I changed where a song was in the order of service. And some of you are still haven't got over that yet because it was that way for 40 years. There are, I, I, you know, it's like, well, what are we, is everything going to be okay? Because, because pastor does the announcements like this and his dad did the, everything's fine. God's given us a new door. And quite frankly, I'm doing my best to get everybody I can to quit doing it, to be stuck in the way we've always done it. It worked. We heard testimony from a man who was saved as a result of an American missionary. And why is it? Because we're too stubborn to look at the opportunity. We, we'll invest in another missionary to go to another country, which I'm for. But we won't invest in that man because he's not an American. Go into another field. It makes no sense. But yet I believe all over our country are stubborn saints who will not even entertain the idea that God might be doing a great work in a different way. You study the Bible, he does it uniquely. Generation, 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 generation. Now, we use that for a pattern, but God can use, a, he, he knows exactly what, what situation we're in. And I think we ought to take advantage of it. Say, well, Pastor, we're the only ones doing it this way. Do you think, well, maybe everybody else is wrong. That's the way I look at it. I, I don't look at it as I'm the outsider. I look at it as everybody else is the outsider. These are the doors God has opened. Is this making sense? Well, God has proven that, there is, that he is opening doors. Let's walk through those doors. Pray about these doors. Pray that God would continue. Pray that uh, brother, for Brother Tommy as he goes to these places. Pray as we uh, open, uh, we, we do, do these things and go to these other countries uh, from here in the United States to all around the world. And, and uh, pray for me to have wisdom. My schedule is going to fill up very, very quickly. And this is a good time for me tonight to, to, to remind all the staff and those in leadership. It's time for everybody to step up to that next level because there's a great task that God has given us to do, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I've thrown a lot at you today. Uh, I've taken you to the Caribbean and back. Uh, we, uh, brother Tommy, threw a lot of brother Tommy threw a lot of stuff at you. Think about it, process it, uh, and uh, let's uh, let the Lord uh, use us tonight. I'm going to have the group sing for the offertory tonight and so they can get ready we'll take the offering to ushers if you want to get in place information about the great commission mission um go to the website check it out uh if you know somebody who might give to these things then uh let brother tommy know uh then the great commission mission accelerator god uh if you want to we're asking we're just asking we want we want 10 we want 10,000 christians to give ten dollars a month Pastor, that's a lot of money. It would take 10 times that to really make a dent in what we're trying to do. And so we're, but part of that, we want investment. 
if you're going to give, something tells me you're more inclined to pray. And we want prayer investment. We want to give reports from these places. And I want many of you, I believe many of you, God's going to do a work in your heart. There's going to be some of these trips I go with, and you're going to be with me. And not St. Lucia, I'm taking you somewhere else. I know some of you, I know your motivation. Uh, but uh, you pray about that, and you can fill this card out, and you can drop it in. But you don't have to do that if you're not comfortable doing that. Uh, you can uh, do it on the website, and it'll be a reoccurring thing. And, and this goes to our mission. Some of like Brother Bartley now is going to we're going to slide him his mission support in the Great Commission mission because we're already going to the Caribbean. Our, our church planners we're sliding them in just as an orga- organizationally in the Great Commission mission. So your 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 mission dollars are still going to the same place. We want to narrow these things down to make it more effective to accelerate what we're trying to do for the cause of Christ. Uh, so that we can get more done uh, in this, what I believe are the last days. And so if you have questions, uh, you, can, you can feel free to ask, and uh, we'll have the ushers go ahead and come. And I'll pray for the offering. This will be our regular offering. Do you need to stand and stretch? I'm going to dismiss you in like two minutes. You okay? You okay? All right, everybody awake? All right. Throwing a lot at you. All right, well, this will be our regular offering. If you have those accelerator cards, you want to throw those in, or you can turn them in later. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for the good day. What we